All right, baby, this is old master right here, king of big dog style, master of the pop-up headbutt, king of the trailer court, the Sutter Psycho, right here. Y'all listen to Wrestling Chairs, you dummy if you ain't paying attention. Listen, subscribe, like, share, all that business, baby. Old master right now, I'm going to drink some live bears. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you are from the state of Tennessee. This is Wrestling Cheers, where we talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and even sometimes we have interviews, which this kind of basically is, but we'll get more on to that in a second. Of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, and Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. You can get a hold of us on all of your social media, especially if those social media sites are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestlingcheers, twitter.com slash wrestlingcheers, and instagram.com slash wrestlingcheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, wrestlingcheers at gmail.com. We got a merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Help support the show financially, just a little bit, but it's more important to see you representing us. That is something that we love seeing. And like I said, this is a interview episode, and I, I need to mention we are brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and NEO Sports Insiders. I am your host, I am Heavy Set, and this is, like I've said already a little bit, like I kind of, I basically said last week, and like I'm going to state again here in a few moments, but this is a special crossover episode with the Kick Out at Two podcast, and part one was released on their feed just last week. So if you haven't, head on over there and subscribe to them. They're a great bunch of dudes and gal. Uh, they, I love the show, even though you know we had a, a rough history and it gets talked about, I think, in both parts a little bit here and there. But it was a very cool experience to sit down over the phone and talk to these these guys, this and gal. So I would, I really would suggest you and I implore you to head on over there and check out their podcast. We've retweeted it guaranteed. I mean, at this point it hasn't been posted yet as I'm recording, but it's going to be up by the time this gets posted. So I, I'm planning on letting everybody know this is, you're going to want to listen to it. Good first half of the conversation. This is second half where they come on to you know, wrestling cheers, and we talk, we talk a little bit of everything, you know, we do steer a little bit more into wrestling, but we steer in a couple other things such as movies, and I have to end it with the big debate on Sheets and Wawa, something that we, we, we lightly talk about, but I mean, at the time, you know, this is like a three-hour conversation, but just between us, there's a middle section that wasn't a part of either show and there's one little bit that was recorded for the upcoming Chandler Biggins Memorial episode so please send us mp3s or audio file of you talking about Chandler Biggins and please include your name and what you'd be known as whether it be you know a fan or a wrestler or whatever it is along with it and 
if you don't want to do that, JT Lightning Invitational Tournament Memorial Day weekend, all that stuff, we will be recording audio and doing everything for the show that weekend. So I'm I'm my hands are full looking forward to that weekend. So that is pretty much everything. Next week we are back to the AIW episodes. So we have at least two in a row and we'll see everything that goes forward after that. A lot of stuff is up in the air and what interviews and whatnot. So at least the next two weeks, AIW, head on over to kick out of two. Like I said, listen to part one. And that's 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 pretty much it for right now. So let's uh let's go to the bulk of the episode. It's a very long conversation on this half. So if you're the one of the people out there that enjoy the longer episodes, this is this is gonna be one for you. And there's a part one waiting for you if you haven't already heard. So anyway, I'm gonna get my rambling done. Uh, there's no outro this week. I don't. I'm not gonna come back because it being so late. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do everything in one shot. So I close out the show in the interview. So you know, we'll go to that. And after that, you know, I'll. Talk to you guys next week. But for now, here's part two. And we're back here on the podcast, or technically it's part two. Like we're back and it's depending on where you are in the conversation. But this is a special crossover episode with Kick Out at Two podcast out of Tennessee. Talk a lot about independent wrestling just as much as we do. A lot of randomness shit. And if you were smart enough, like I probably told you in the intro and like I know I told you last week... Special crossover episode part one is available on their feed, dropped last week. Absolute craziness, and the craziness will continue right now with Righteous Jesse, Wilkman, and Bonnaroo Brittany. What an assortment of nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I, I was I was happy I didn't, uh, like, fuck any of those up. I was like, um, well, Righteous Jesse's the easy one. Okay, Wilkman? Is that the right? Wilk? Wilkman. Okay. My, my last name, yeah. Because my name's Wilkins, the last name's Wilkins. Okay. So, it, and it was a running joke because I was listening to a Yo Gotti song where he said, I'm the dope man. And I just started saying, I'm the Wilk man. <laughs> so, that. And then Brittany went to Bonnaroo. Yeah. <laughs> Brit- Brittany's been to Bonnaroo, which if you're, if you're not aware, it's like a huge music festival. It's a hippie farm where they yeah. got hippies. Yeah. It's a huge mis- uh, music festival in a town that smells like pig shit. <laughs> Uh, in Tennessee. The picture is actually the breeding process for the hippies. Yeah, and then a bunch of, like, people come and hang out in tents for, like, three three days listening to an assortment of music and going and seeing and comedy acts. And y'all made fun of me because I said SBI was the Bonnaroo wrestling. So. Yeah. And then Tank gave me the nickname. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, since we're on uh, wrestling Cheers, I would just like to mention that my favorite joke in all of Cheers was on a cold open where they were eating Cracker Jacks and uh, they were all trying to figure out what prizes they got and Cliff started coughing and it sounded like a whistle and because uh, he was choking on like one of the Cracker Jack whistles and Norm just yells, Cliff, you got a whistle! <laughs> and I cried laughing for like 10 minutes straight. I don't know why it hit me so hard and I think about that one all the time. So that was my favorite joke on all of Cheers. Sad thing is I'm not a huge Damn. fan of Cheers. I just oh my god! Well, it was like we mentioned on part one. Like I came up with the name because yeah. of you know where you know you want to go where everybody knows your name. Actually, I didn't even explain that part. Sometimes you know you just you've had a rough week, shits happened, and you're like, you know what? I want to go relax with some friends. Yeah, some people go to a bar, but sometimes you just want to go to a wrestling show and kick it with friends. You want to go where everybody knows your name. So I stole it from that. It it just seems to work. And actually, I did have one person tell me like, oh, so you talk about wrestling in Boston? 
I'm like, no. Well, why, why did you call it wrestling cheers? Because that's what I think of. And I'm like, no, it's like I explained to him. He's like, well, let's do it. It just doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay, dude. Like, I forget. I forget that it even takes place there when I'm watching the show. So I had no clue. Yeah. I don't know much about much TV, though. I love cheers. Cheers is a good show. I know that. Shout out to our boy Rex. I know that Rex likes cheers. Yeah. Another AIW faithful. That's true. So. I forget where we left off last week. That's what I was thinking too. We had the we did have like a, a middle bullshit session, or while where we took care we took care of some other things, and I was like, oh, it'd be cool to like continue right where we were talking, but I I completely lost it. I, we were talking about the we were probably talking about PCO <laughs> because we should have been talking about PCO. Oh God. Okay, I'm pissed that I didn't get a chance to meet him. He had no meet and greet before the show, and I was told that he left the show pretty quick because he had to go to Black Label Pro the next day. So he went back to his hotel and got a good night's sleep and all this. I'm like, I was more excited to meet PCO than The Godfather or Papa Shango combined. I really want to meet PCO. And half of the reason is because I met Jacques Rougeau last year at WrestleMania. And to meet both of the Quebecers this many years after their run would have been just awesome in my own particular world. I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll be the type to come back through uh, AIW. And, I mean, the man probably does need a good night's sleep after all the insane, dumb stuff that he decides to do to his body at 50 years old. Look, here's what I'm saying. <laughs> How far is Chicago from Cleveland? Oh, God. It's been a while since I've t- taken that drive, but I want to say six to seven hours, but that might be on the high side, and you also lose an hour time-wise. Granted, you're still driving that time, but like you lose an hour going back into a different time zone. So, my first trip to AIW, I feel like I'm explaining my summer vacation to class. <laughs> my first trip to AIW, uh, my buddy Jerry and I drove, well, he drove from Knoxville, which is about two and a half, three hours to Nashville, Stay with me. Then we left bright and early for AIW. Drove eight hours from Nashville to Cleveland. Uh, got there a little bit late. It was AIW versus the world. We show up. Had a great, you know, the show was fantastic. Uh, that's where I was introduced to T-Money as he pounced somebody over the guardrail. That's literally <laughs> what we walked into. And I just was like, I'm home. Had I not had to drive that night, I would have definitely partaken in beer tickets. Um, so we're there. I recorded an interview later. And then uh, after that, Jerry and I have to drive another eight hours to St. Louis for St. Louis Anarchy and uh, may have almost killed my friend and I, uh, but he, if he listens, well, he's probably listened by now. He probably already knows how close to death he was. Uh, we stopped at Denny's, ate for free, and then uh, on the road to, uh, to St. Louis Anarchy. But uh, PCO, you got to make those drives, brother. Fuck sweet. Sleep's not worth it, man. The man only has one eye. Oh, shit. It works, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got that crazy dude that rolls with him. He's, got, he's blind in one eye. Uh, and then he just killed himself in the ring. I want to know if he's getting like shoot electrocuted in those videos. No, the the electrocution I'm pretty sure was fake. It was like, from me. Look, the others. He was standing on a bed of nails. That's way crazier <laughs> than him getting shocked to me. I want to know, like, at what point in your career are you just like, fuck it, man? Like, I'm uh, doing all this. Age fifty. That's when. <laughs> Fair enough. The the funny thing is, is I've made a very similar drive from Nashville to Cleveland for AIW, but it was back when I was over the road. I think it's, I started at the, I think maybe the closest loved, loves to Nashville on the, I want to say was the east side, not east side, west side on 40, drove straight up into Akron where I live and actually lived at that time too, because uh, I've moved since then. But in a truck, that was a good eight hours, I want to say. 
but you got you got to realize going up hills is going to take a lot more time. Um, right. Different speed limits. Like my truck was only governed to go sixty five, or actually maybe I think maybe at the most it might have been sixty six if I was lucky. So it took a whole hell. So that drive that you guys took, I know oh so well, and I remember just doing it in a truck sucked. I think the the shittiest drive that I ever had the pleasure of doing was when I got this random gig to drive Papa Roach's gear down to Florida <laughs> and I had the flu oh. or I was getting over the flu. So I drove 10 hours by myself in a box truck and it was only like the second time I drove in a box truck. And I told the guy I had plenty of experience. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I just fucking drove Papa Roach's gear down to Florida for some money and a free flight home. And I uh, was literally in Florida for like all of what, like 36 hours, if not even that, maybe 24 total. And somehow made it to a wrestling show in that time and uh, got some Wawa. Florida is a real boring drive from Tennessee, too. Yeah. Because you have to go through the entire state of Georgia. I credit the flu for me not falling asleep because I was coughing like every two minutes. What's, uh, what's the most boring drive you've had to do? Ooh, because that's actually almost what I was just about to say. The worst drive that I've had or just imp- the, the most annoying drive ever to me is if I was going from Memphis to Bristol and I was taking 40 the whole way there and getting on 81. I don't know how you guys feel about this being from Tennessee, but if you don't live in in one of the cities, that state is fucking horrible because yeah. Memphis to Jackson, nothing. And you got Jackson. Okay. It's, it's a little something. Jackson to Nashville, nothing. Then Nashville, obviously really big, a lot of accidents. You're going to wait in traffic, Crashville to the core. And then you get on the other side from Nashville to Knoxville, nothing. Knoxville has, you know, at least a little bit something. And then you get on 81 and it's, and I think there's really nothing there until you get to Bristol. Even Bristol's not that big. It's just the landmark right there at the border. But that whole run, I had, I've had to do that run going both ways at night. Literally had to pull over and like get a couple, like an hour nap or something because I couldn't do it because it's just so boring. It's, it sucks too because like if you like I had family living in Maryland and when we would drive it's like a eleven hour trip and like five to six of the hours you're in Tennessee. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, like you should it shouldn't take that long to get out of your home state, but Tennessee is so long. And yeah, unless you're going through certain areas like because uh, going to Florida, at least you go through Chattanooga and it's like pretty for a little bit and you see water and all sorts of stuff, but like. When you go the Knoxville way, like, oh, it's rough. Like, up until it only gets interesting when you get around Knoxville and, like, the Sevierville area and, like, you know, you're, like, near Gatlinburg and, like, mountain stuff. But, like, and then you have to go through Bristol, and I resent Bristol so much. Yeah, Tennessee should end in Knoxville. Yeah, like, just that extra little bit where it's just, like, fuck you, Bristol. Like, I don't (laughs) want to be in North Carolina. Yeah, like... I, I should be in Virginia already. I should be out of here. And then you, it's like you barely go over that line and all of a sudden 7-Elevens start popping up, which is also a big fuck you because, like, just put one in Tennessee, which they finally are. But, like, thinking about it, I just get so mad. Really grinds his gears. Yeah. So so I feel you. I think it's also, funny. I think my loop- I was, oh, go ahead. I was just going to throw out, I think it's funny when you're on 24 and you're going – whether you're going north or south, it's like you're in Tennessee, you're in Georgia, you're in Tennessee, you're back in Georgia. I'm like what? Why was I just in Georgia for a minute, I, and then you threw me back into Tennessee? Makes no sense. Yeah, I don't. I still don't get it. Which is actually funny because I was going to say I think my least favorite drive 
is Nashville to Atlanta, even though it's only four hours, it feels like eight, and mm-hmm. it just sucks. Uh, it's worse once you get past Atlanta and there's nothing in Georgia and you have to drive because I just did this. Yeah. Uh, and then you're driving for forever and then it's like, oh, you're in Florida and you see a palm tree and you're like, neat. And then there's just nothing. And then suddenly you're in Orlando and everything's like theme parks. Have you ever it's experienced? Have you ever experienced the nightmare of driving at uh, not night in the evening hours in Atlanta when it's a yeah. fucking madhouse? Well, so we we got a taste of that, but worse than that, I feel like. So we went to a wrestling show in Atlanta, and like we stayed there for the weekend at Brittany Dan's house. We were kind of exploring around Atlanta, um, and we were there on National Record Store Day and had no idea. So five points in Atlanta was just flooded with people like human traffic not human trafficking but human traffic and it was just like you couldn't even breathe like there were just so many people there are too many people in atlanta yeah they need to stop but like the most anxiety i've had in like a group of people was when we went to five points in atlanta and when we accidentally stumbled into times square when we were in new york times square was crazy times times square was a nightmare too much Brittany had a meltdown at times square so also, uh, do you ever have to drive that like up towards New York and stuff? And are you able to avoid those tolls? Because that is a nightmare. I was lucky enough. I've never been into like New York City. I've pretty much been on 95 around it. So mm-hmm. even if there even if there were tolls, actually, I wouldn't have to pay for it. The company that I worked for at the time uh, basically has a easy pass. So I, I never okay. had, I never yeah. had to pay for any of those guys. Kind of thank God, because I've seen the prices that 18 wheelers have to pay. And it's like, oh, I don't have that money on me. Screw that. Especially like with Ohio, where we have the turnpike that goes all the way across the state on 80. And, you know, that also connects with Indiana's and Pennsylvania's. So you can actually go from New Jersey to Chicago and you're going to be on the turnpike the whole time. And if I had to take that in a truck, oh, it, I don't want to know the bill that I had would have to pay by the time I got to Chicago. Be nuts. We uh, Yeah, that's the one thing about Tennessee. The, they don't ask for you to pay tolls because they just take it out of the education. Instead. <laughs> so we're, we're stupid as hell, but at least our roads <laughs> get fixed without us having to pay <laughs> Do they know? Because there's a giant chunk of road that sure. I drive on every day. It just makes me want to just look. Them. Man, they're working on it. We're on. We're on top of sinkholes. They can't do anything about it. Uh, so this has been uh, a podcast about the road and how it's owned us all. <laughs> oh, the if you listen to part one, it's just us talking about highways and food yeah. as well. Uh, we're starting a new thing where we're just all collectively going to interview wrestlers at one time about different highways and <laughs> what they like about it. And if they still use an atlas. And if there's any roadside attractions that they love. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's... But uh, back, to, uh, back to us being wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrestling? I like the food talk better. <laughs> food, I was way better. Dude, like, and... legit, the food talk is just the best. Uh, Jay lit a couple years ago. I got to talk with Big Damo, now you know Killian Damon WWE, and I got to speak with him about food that they get there, but we don't get here, and vice versa. Like I love that type of conversation. Like there's a particular type type of candy that is huge in England, and they're called Jelly Babies. They are illegal here due to one of the ingredients being a 
banned ingredient. Like, it's not allowed to be here. And it's not that it would kill you. It's nothing like it's, oh, well, we, we want to have you be safe. It's some stupid fucking thing. I don't know exactly. Know what it is. It's just it's not FDA approved. And, like, we, we talked about that and uh, other random things that I know that I've picked up along the way. And maybe we, I can't remember some of the stuff that, you know, he enjoyed about America where, hey, this is what we have that you guys don't have. And the, the food really does unite everybody. Just the, the craziness that you can find here and there. It's true. We found out that food and coffee were like the go-to things to talk about. Yeah. And then we somehow always end up talking to people that are nerds like us. So we can talk like for Chris, like comic books or, you know, movies and cartoons and toys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even touch infinity war. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I get nervous about talking about infinity war. Cause I know it's been out a couple of weeks, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I legit tried to spoil it on Twitter for MJF, but Brittany would not let me. <laughs> Well, at least you didn't do it to Ethan Page, which if you... Oh, never, I know. Ethan Page is a sweetheart. Yeah. Do you listen to the Bitter Boys Club? I've started recently. I'm a couple episodes behind because, like, I go through weird phases when I listen to podcasts and I want to listen to certain things. So, like, mm-hmm. every Monday, regardless, I listen to The Card is Going to Change because it's yeah. just my favorite podcast. I might slack on a couple episodes of, like, The Art of Wrestling and then go back and, like, binge mm-hmm. it at work. Uh, so I might have, like, a wrestling-heavy day. I might have, like, a true crime-heavy day. Uh, Brittany's got me listening to some podcasts recently uh, called The B-Cast, which is, like, for, uh, like, small upstart businesses. They're, like, 30-minute episodes, roughly. Uh, so they're really easy to digest and it's got some really good tips. So, like, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday or the day before. I listened to, like, three or four of those episodes. And it was, like, just two hours of my day. Uh, but, yeah, I have listened to The Bitter Boys Club, and I do enjoy it, uh, mostly because I had listened to a couple episodes of The Meaning of Mature. Uh, Rest in peace. Before. I wore that shirt today. Man, I didn't know that they deleted their whole feed. All except for the I last episode. Yeah. And the it sucks not to have those episodes. But before I forget this, uh, the whole podcast thing, before we go back to Infinity Works, that's something we could touch on a little bit. But the fact that I want to thank you guys. For the recommendation for All You Can Hear, I listened to their Infinity War podcast today, and I, f- I fell in love, uh, kind of looked back at their back catalog with some of the other episodes. I'm like, oh, I could really listen to this, 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 this. I'm like, I think this is going to be a podcast I really enjoy, and I think on one of the back episodes I listened to you guys, I was said, I was like, oh, this could be like a palate cleanser, and it, it is. I've actually gotten that point rest recently with wrestling podcasts. Like I love them, but I don't need to hear a bunch of people break down Raw and SmackDown. I don't need to hear all these interview episodes anymore. Maybe it's Colt Cabana like affecting me to where I'm like, now I don't really want to listen to Stone Cold all the time. I don't want to listen to Jericho all the time. Hey, if Johnny Gargano appears on any of those shows, call me because I'll download it. <laughs> but, but if if it's nobody I yeah. like, I don't really care about, then then, then screw it. I'm just kind of like, and also then I deleted Sam Roberts, a couple other people. It's like nothing against them. It's I'm getting tired of listening to that. I want other stuff, and uh, all you can hear is was definitely a great palate cleanser. I'm looking forward to hearing more from them. The, there's an episode where they talk about their school experiences uh, that I literally like. I think about it sometimes and start laughing <laughs> because it just basically like turns into stories of everybody puking and shitting themselves <laughs> or other people that they were in class with puking or shitting themselves for like an hour. And I don't, I have it. It's probably my favorite podcast uh, episode of anything just because it's just these, it feels, it's like listening to a bunch of people that you already know. And then they just talk about random stuff and like they theme their episodes yeah. sometimes. And once again, food 
brings everyone together and they keep doing taste tests. I think the first one I listened to was the French fry. The one. French fry taste test is good. The I I they they actually got me with the M and M taste test because I went and went to Walmart and picked up some M and Ms real quick afterwards. <laughs> they made me want to get some. But yeah, they're they're very good and it's it's nice to not be because I'm like you with wrestling podcasts. Like I'll like search through like I'll pretty much see every week. I'll just look at them kind of like you check your phone just yeah. to check your phone. And I'll look and see who someone's talked to, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, well, they talked to this person this week. That's somebody I'm interested in hearing from. Otherwise, I'll be like, eh. But, you know, a couple of years ago, it would have been like, oh, I'll listen to every episode because, you know, I like wrestling, and these are podcasts. And mm-hmm. now we're just all so so owned, so destroyed by, <laughs> by the world of wrestling. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I used to work at a drumstick manufacturing company. And hands down, probably probably the best job I ever had. But like the first two weeks I worked there, I only knew one person. And of course, the one person I knew everybody else wanted to talk to all the time. So I just like, I kept myself for like two weeks. I think this is why I don't really listen to many wrestling podcasts anymore, specifically because of this two-week span. Because no shit, what? A work week is typically 40 hours, so 80 hours in two weeks. I listened to 80 hours worth of wrestling podcasts in two weeks. Golly. Because I hadn't really listened to anything in years, so I just went back and, like, binged all this stuff. And now I'm just like, yep, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, I think the the other thing for me, too, is I try to get rid of all the, a lot of the bigger names I I own the only ones that I have that are what I consider bigger name people. Like I, I'm still keeping uh, Edge and Christian show because I kind of enjoy what they do. Art of Wrestling for right now because I do like their change and Jerry Lawler's podcast only because I know the guy that Lawler does the podcast with. But other than that, there's a lot more. If it is talking wrestling, it's more either more independent based or people doing it on such a smaller scale. But I know it's it's less people talking about Raw or SmackDown because. I don't need to hear your bullshit take on Raw and SmackDown every single week because it's probably just going to be the same shit over and over again. And I'm going to ask myself, why the fuck are you doing a podcast if you're just going to be like, this sucks? Yeah, it's like just putting negativity out in the world, and that's 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 annoying. Yeah, yeah, life like, sucks enough as it is. <laughs> Backlash was real bad though. All I saw was the gif of Nakamura and AJ kicking each other in the nuts, and that's all I needed from that whole page. So when they when they did that though, AJ definitely, I was like, he definitely ripped Nakamura's butthole because that his foot like <laughs> went straight up, like past the gooch up into the crack. He kicked so hard, <laughs> I can't believe it. Probably he was trying to get hit the nuts. Yeah, but yeah, because. Uh, I, I'm pretty like optimistic when it comes to wrestling and there'll be people I don't like and I'll be like, I don't like them and I'll vocalize it because you know, who cares? But like, yeah, like why, why do you guys got to hate on my woman, Natalia, man, <laughs> that's my woman. I love her. I'm not, I'm not a Natalia or a Charlotte or, or, uh, I know, I know she's from the like AIW and everything, but I'm not an Ember Moon guy either. I just don't, I'm not a fan of those three. So there's like a big disconnect for me. And I watched, we, that Natalia Charlotte match that was the SmackDown before Mania, yeah. we were there live and like seeing it on TV, they kind of fixed some stuff up. But like watching it live, woo brother. <laughs> that was one of the worst matches I've seen all year. I could, like, I couldn't believe it. So I just, I don't get the Natalia thing. It's not for me. More of a uh, Becky Lynch guy. Becky Lynch, Ruby Riot. You know, we got to see her a bunch on the indies. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Queen of Spades. So. Oh, hell yeah. Shayna rules. So 
her music rules too. So, some guy tried to like say some real shitty stuff about her on Twitter, and I was like, I just like quote retweeted what he. I don't even want to say it, but I like quote retweeted what he said and just said yikes. Like not even thinking about what could possibly happen, and then like so many people went at that guy because he was just like talking about her looks, and so many people went at him, and I was just like, well, my work here is accidentally done. Dude, like when they first brought her in for the May Young Classic, I think I, I posted this on Twitter. I went on to either the May Young Classic page or WWE's page, and there was just so many people dogging on her. Some might it might have been looks wise, others it was. Oh, she doesn't deserve it. And like trying to get into some of the debates with these people. And I know I like, I made comments on Twitter about it and like Dom, like I know made a comment. He was just like, yeah, like these people are fucking stupid. And there's, there was no use because in their minds, oh, she doesn't deserve it. She's bad. She's this, she's that. I'm like, well, okay. She doesn't have the same name recognition as Rhonda. And that was obviously before Rhonda was in, but I'm like, she's been paying her dues and you know, she's legit at what she does and I, I don't care what you say about it even also too i i seen this once i i i went at this chick on facebook it was uh ruby riots w, official wwe page and there was a someone who in so many words she was like oh she looks like a dude and like this woman is nothing that you would be drooling over like she like she looked like a man herself and i was just kind of like that's ironic and i just went at her about how ugly she was i'm like if you're gonna sit here and say all this stuff she's like well i don't care what you said i'm like you just sat there and like you're talking about her like that like where's your room to talk like like screw that shit eliminate girl hate <laughs> yeah empower women it's i like i don't understand a lot of people act like shana's boring and like shana's the the legit one woman that i'm like scared of in her and bianca belair because bianca belair is fucking strong <laughs> yeah. also i i don't know if this is common knowledge or not but shane is also one of the nicest fucking people in the world oh, too. we yeah. interviewed her she was incredible when we met her at gno she was so nice and i don't remember if she said it when we met her at gno or during the interview or after the interview we talked kind of talked to her for a minute but she told us if we were ever in south dakota you know to hit her up and she would kind of show us around if she was in town. You know, obviously now, with her schedule, she's most likely not there. So I wouldn't even bother. But um, just an incredibly nice person that, you know, I'm fortunate. I, I feel like we're all, like, fortunate enough to say, you know, we got the chance to interview her. We got the, the chance to talk to her. And just, like, kind of get to know a little piece of her. So it, you get that weird, excited feeling when you see somebody that you, like, you know is a good person get a chance at something really cool like that. So when she showed up for the May Young Classic, I was like, man, I hope they sign her. Like, mm -hmm. she was so cool. Like, just ba she could have been a, just a shit wrestler. And I would have been like, man, she was so cool. I hope they sign her. Because, I mean, even if she was shit, they have the performance center. I mean, if Robbie Brookside can't fix it, then you probably shouldn't be wrestling. Um, just saying. Yeah. But, you know, turns out she's a fantastic wrestler, fighter. Um, so it was just really cool seeing her pop up on the May Young Classic. And then, like, I honestly like how they kind of cooled it on her and then brought her in, like, pretty much full fucking force yeah i I, I almost think she'll be up by the end of the year um especially with the other two four horsewomen reporting to the performance center, which i don't i don't think they're signed i think they're just getting a little bit extra training i think the writing's definitely on the wall you're gonna see four horsewomen versus four horsewomen and what a better way to bring in Shayna baszler to the main roster I feel like I've seen reports of uh, Jessamine Duke training with uh, Josh Barnett, which is who Shane has done work with. Mm -hmm. um, and then who else? I don't. I feel I saw. 
I saw something else about that too, who she was training with, but I can't remember who. Yeah, it's I imagine that. I wonder when they'll pull the. I, it seems like SummerSlam would be too soon for that, but they might go for Survivor Series or something. I could see a Survivor Series. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe even the Rumble, but like tag match, it would make a lot of sense for Survivor Series. That's that's a. It's real crazy how that's all gone down in terms of like the women that they sign and all the directions that they've gone in in just the last few years. Uh, but yeah. You go from divas to legitimate badasses. Yeah. It, and it wasn't, it was like they let them wrestle. They showed what they could do and they're like, okay, fuck it. Let's sign killers. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still like shocked they signed someone like Heidi. Cause I think when I first seen her, which legit first match I ever seen of hers was her first match in AIW versus Crazy Mary Dobson. And that was her first match in AIW. And now they're part of the riot squad on Raw and they're, they're both amazing. And especially Heidi, because I, I, for some reason, like I said, I didn't think she would make it. I don't know, like I just didn't feel like WWE would pick her up. But then all of a sudden, you know, they, they do go the whole well, we want, we want wrestlers, we want this, we want that. It's like, well, uh, that's one of the best right there, and extremely proud of her. So we we actually I don't think have told this on our own podcast. Um, we saw Heidi wrestle in Atlanta. And at the time, what was she using? Like a senton as a finish? Yeah, top rope senton. Top rope senton as a finish. Uh, she hits the senton, but lands like really awkwardly and straight up just knocks herself out. Like out cold. Yeah, like terrifying. Yeah, and the girl she was wrestling was pretty new at the time. Um, Which it wasn't her. Like, no, I'm not blaming yeah. She just didn't know what to do in that moment. Um, cause I mean, obviously if you're laying there to take a senton, you have no control over what the other person there does. Uh, but the other girls like really didn't know what to do. So it was like a really weird, like kind of like chaotic, like silent panic in the room. Like what the fuck just happened? And like seeing that was terrifying. Like it, like seeing it live literally made my head hurt. And then I realized I got it on video and I watched it again and it made my head hurt even worse. And I never posted it anywhere because, like, I didn't know at the time if, like, one, I really didn't want anybody to see that. Two, I didn't know, like, if that did, like, somehow go viral, if that would hurt any, like, her chances of, like, getting anywhere. Like, you know how people just talk and say shit. Yeah, and then, like, seeing someone get concussed yeah when they they have like the concussion protocol and stuff like that it's pretty like you know i'm sure it kind of makes them stop for a second that was terrifying we were we were supposed to to her credit though we were supposed to interview her that night but after that we were like no like no please just take care of yourself so we were interviewing somebody else and she walks by with all the people she rode with and she was like hi i'm heidi loveless i was supposed to do this podcast and then just like sat for a minute and walked away, which was appreciated. But like, fuck, man, like that was probably like the second worst headshot I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Heidi's also somebody that like she was good on the independence, and then she went to the performance center and learned everything that she needed to at the performance center to become like a big match WWE wrestler. Yeah, yeah. kind of like how Johnny Gargano was really good on the independence, and then he went to WWE and like listened and everything completely clicked to where he's like the baby face in professional wrestling and it seemed like with both of them it didn't take long no it didn't take them long at all to to get to that point also really do yeah 
So she, I like, I've talked about it. And I think in, as far as like independent to WWE uh, proper, like she's probably the one that benefited the most from the performance center. And especially when you think about some of the people that she showed up there at like the same time with. Yeah. And how she just kind of lacked everybody. That's really crazy to think. Watching the success of someone like Gargano is mind boggling. But it's funny because I think so many years ago, I remember telling people, I think Gargano could be the new Cena. Like, I don't know if he'll be, you know, that type of built wise and, you know, all multi-time champion, but I went like along the lines of to make a wish, like the whole, all that stuff. Like if you want someone to grant wishes to be a great guy out there and it's going to be a great face for your company, it's going to be Gargano. And I used at the time the video that I don't know if you guys have ever seen is back with Prime Wrestling and they brought in young Caden, who at the time was like 13, maybe not even 13, maybe even younger than that, but brought him into the ring because of talking about him having uh, the rare blood platelet disorder and all this kind of stuff. And he got the pin Johnny Gargano in the middle of the ring in front of everybody, hold up the championship. We were all chanting for him. And it was, it was a big moment. And it was, it was that type of thing. I was like, see this guy right now in front of just a random house can become that type of figure. Imagine what he will do on the big, the big, uh, stage he's gonna kill it and i think he's gonna eventually get to that 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 stature i'm almost surprised they haven't pulled like i know he's got unfinished business in nxt but i'm almost surprised they haven't pulled the trigger and remain rostered him yet uh i saw some spoiler stuff tonight where they're still which i don't i won't bring anything up because i don't know how people care about spoilers but it's like they i don't think it's going to be anytime soon because they're I think still, I saw what you're talking about. They're still doing Chompa stuff, uh, it, which is like, it'll be, I yeah, I don't know when they'll bring him up. Because right now you have Seth Rollins doing that stuff with the Intercontinental Championship where he's doing the whole open challenge. I don't think that any, like, you could have any easier, like, fucking toss-up for anybody than sending Johnny Gargano to wrestle for, like, 15 minutes against Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship on Raw. I've, like how they tried to do with Sami Zayn with John Cena before he blew out his shoulder. Yeah, but then they it did it the next week like with it. they did it the next week with Kevin Owens and it was amazing. Yeah. So, but yeah, that it, it's crazy. And like we went to NXT Nashville. Like, not it wasn't too long after the Gargano Almas match, and they did it was Candice's first match on the road where they did the mixed tag match, and people it. It happened so quickly where people were just like all in on Gargano. And like, and you know, it's big when people in our area are all the way in on him. Like, cause that crowd, you know, the, there were some Adam Cole people and blah, blah, blah. But like, when his music hit, you would have thought it was like the second coming of Jesus. Like, they freaked out. And, uh, I was just like, well, Johnny Gargano's over, brother. Like, he, he's, I don't know that there's a bigger baby face in televised professional wrestling right now, uh, other than maybe Daniel Bryan. And it feels like at some point they're going to have a real weird collision course. Mm-hmm. The, so. When they did NXT Cleveland this year, I granted, like, every time Gargano's going to come to Cleveland, it's going to be huge. And I know the first time a couple years ago was crazy, but this last one, in the middle of everything with Almas and everything, that's that was our main event of the night. Um, uh, Selena Vega, or whatever her name is, she tried to get on the microphone to cut a promo before Gargano could come out. Uh, we weren't having it. We were just 
chanting for Gargano and all that, all this kind of shit. And then when his music hit, the crowd went fucking nuts. I mean, granted, that's that's could be expected for for a hometown. But uh, on a side note, I think one of my favorite moments was after the match. Gargano's cutting cutting a promo, and I, that, the video has been online. And I made it my own mission. I wanted a Chandler Biggins chant because that's one of the last memories I have besides uh, Girls Night Out when last time a lot of us seen him. And I remember, you know, he him being all about a lot of the chants, you know, chanting for AIW and all this stuff. I was like, he deserves that that chant. And when we got the chance, I, I know I was on it and a bunch of other people were on it too. And to watch the video, just it, it definitely brings a smile to my face and a little bit of tear to my eye because I, I felt like he deserved it. No, I, I remember watching that video and, like, just knowing what, you know, Johnny did for AIW and, like, hearing about the relationship that he had with John and Chandler, like, hearing that chant, like, even as, you know, pretty much an outsider, like, it might be weird, but, like, that even meant a lot to me, like, just knowing how good of a guy Chandler was and him kind of getting that moment um, on, like, really such a big stage because NXT is, like, like if you if you try to look at it, like, outside of WWE, like, it's the number two brand, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so, like, just getting that. And I'm sure... I'm sure, like, you know, when Gargano makes it to the main roster, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, and he gets, like, some moment, like, I feel like you guys will do your best to make that happen again on an even bigger stage. And rightfully so. That's, that's what I'm hoping. I think it's it's crazy to think, going to shows like this, that, that the NXT that I'm talking about, not everybody really watched him on the independent scene. Like, I had a, a friend of mine, her boyfriend went to the show, and he's never watched any independent wrestling as far as i know and him being like he was i know he was really excited and really happy about gargano i'm thinking man you haven't seen the the what he went through that's not a knock towards him but i'm thinking also a bigger scale okay this guy hasn't seen it but he's coming to nxt how many people are gonna be the same thing when gargano gets to actually be you know in a some sort of match at the quicken's lawn arena are people gonna go crazy are people gonna be like who who's this guy Last time, this looks like a guy I seen on SmackDown years ago going up against MVP known as Cedric Von Housen. Like, I mean, all that type <laughs> of stuff where you don't know how everybody's going to react, but I'm actually going back to it. It's just, it's so, so awesome. And I, that's the moment he comes up, which I do think, I think it'll be after WrestleMania next year because they have two big times when they bring a lot of people up. And it's after WrestleMania and after uh, SummerSlam. They'll bring, they'll sprinkle people here and there. But I feel like Gargano is going to be that night after WrestleMania. He comes out, people go nuts. I can see that. He he's the type of guy that you could do the page treatment, where he just comes in and can win a championship the night of, and, and he won't have any like you know some people have trouble like once they transition. I don't think he'll have any trouble getting to where he needs to be because of the, the aura around him, and also obviously he's one of Triple H's boys now. Yeah, <laughs> like it's very clear. So I don't think he's gonna have any trouble. Uh, which is like it's. I mean, it's honestly crazy to think of like that. Johnny Gargano of all people got to the big show and uh they like strapped the rocket to him because that doesn't always happen you got people that are really good and that could get there and then it just they don't get that shot and he kind of he did everything he needed to do and he's gotten that shot and then he's just knocking it out of the park as i just popped my shoulder (laughs) everything everything in just popped and i want to (laughs) gag so wrestling's stupid what (laughs) uh what uh 
Uh, I, I was actually thinking about transitioning into because we did tease it on part one. Or no, we did not tease it on part one, but we teased it earlier in this episode. And uh, if we want to throw it out there, let's let's talk about Infinity War. Uh, I will, you know, make sure I, I put up front. I've, I'm not a comic book reader, but I'm I'm the I'm the kind of guy that I'll at least do homework on what things that happened in the comics, so I know what to maybe expect from certain characters and all that kind of stuff. I just don't go into the big reading stuff. I think it's mainly because it's such a real big homework assignment because there's just so much shit to read. Like, I'm a Doctor Who fan, but I have not watched any of classic Doctor Who because that goes all the way back to the 60s from the, to the 80s of a bunch of episodes, and there's actually close to 100 episodes that have been lost, and no one knows where they are, or, or there's no good uh, footage left. So have I done my homework on all those years of Doctor Who? No, but when they re- came back out in 2005, I started paying attention to them, really fell in love with it. So I'm, I'm kind of the same thing with comic books. I think, it, but for me, it's replace uh, Doctor Who coming back out in 2005 to the MCU and just really getting behind it. So that's my background and a lot of that stuff. And I do like comic book movies just in general. Yeah, I I was always, like, I casually read comics when I was a kid. Like, I would just kind of pick something random up and read it. Uh, and then as I got older, I, you know, I'd get full volumes and whatnot. And now it's so easy with, like, Marvel Unlimited and apps like that where you can go and it'll literally just give you the event. So it's like, oh, I want to read Civil War. Well, here's the correct reading order and here's every issue. Just give us your $10 this month and you can read everything on your phone. Um, but like, I always grew up, like, I grew up watching all the different cartoons that they did in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like all in on superheroes. And I don't know. I feel weird. I don't want to spoil anything from Infinity War in case no one's seen it. But And it's kind of hard to uh, talk about it. Okay, I'm going to say now, screw it. Talk about it because by this time, it's going to be almost a month. So warning right now, if you don't want spoilers, you're holding out for some weird reason, even though by this point, it's probably really close to $2 billion worldwide. I feel like everybody who wants to see it has seen it. I don't know anybody who hasn't who hasn't had a chance to see it. But I guarantee those people are probably out there, but I feel like enough time has gone by. But hey, your warning is right here. You don't want spoilers, maybe just turn it off. That's the only thing I can say. Just keep hitting fast forward for a little while. All right, so I'm actually going to chime in on this one. (laughs) The best thing about Infinity War was when Macaulay Culkin set up all the traps in the house, and then the burglars just fucking got destroyed. all i got i wish macaulay culkin was in the marvel, the marvel universe they could they could figure out a spot for him uh basically that movie like looking at it from the outside in if you hadn't watched any of that stuff yet and tried to explain it to someone who's never seen it it's the most insane movie that's ever existed i don't believe that because there's literally parts where uh, the fucking god of thunder gets shot by the power of a star while holding on to something to light up a forge to make a powerful axe. Yeah. And like at one point Thanos slams a moon like pieces of the moon down on Iron Man. It's like if you tried to explain that to somebody's grandpa, he'd be like, What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> uh but when I watched that movie, uh I saw it by myself because my friend got a ticket to go see it by himself. And then he ended up getting tickets to see it somewhere else with someone. And he's like, well, I have this ticket. You want to go see it? And I was like, eh, I might as well. Uh, 
I went and got food afterwards and just sat by myself in my car, just like numb <laughs> eating it because it's like, to my knowledge, there's never like a lot of people compare it to the empire strikes back in terms of how it ends. But, and that's probably how people felt when they saw that and didn't know what was coming next. But there's almost at the end of empire strikes back. It almost feels like there's still kind of, it doesn't feel as hopeless. Yeah. I was about to say there's, there's still hope. Yeah, there. The this feels like the most hopeless movie I've ever watched. That's about big budget, like fun stuff. Like it's insane that the that someone pulled that off the way that they did. To where like people were visibly upset, even probably knowing that every every wrong is going to be righted in another film. It's just everyone was so demolished by it in my theater. It was like silence, and then you'd randomly hear somebody like. I can't fucking believe they fucking did that. And like, that's one, like, it's in, it's insane. I don't remember a movie ever being like that to where just it affected the audience so much. And you can't kill Spider-Man in front of me and not <laughs> expect me to just be miserable. That's like watching like your little cousin get destroyed in front of you. Like there's certain, you can't like, it's like watching someone just set Santa Claus on fire. Like, what are you doing? You take this like, this character that's so ingrained in the culture and they're just like, fuck him. And then they, I think I just broke Jesse by saying it's like setting Santa on, Santa on fire. <laughs> but like, how, like, how do you do that? Like how? Amazingly. Like <laughs> I did, like I said, I did my own research prior to the movie and I did a lot of the theater, uh, not theater, uh, trailer analysis. And Actually, this is kind of why I asked you earlier, Jesse, if you had listened to the Bitter Boys Club, because in two episodes now, especially with this last one talking about Infinity War, or now would be as listeners of listeners would be two weeks ago, but he talks about a fan coming up to him, telling him uh, a Soul Stone theory. And that was my belief, because this, this was me. I thought Gamora was going to die, because there was a little bit in a trailer where Iron Man was holding back Gamora. And I knew you had to sacrifice someone for the Soul Stone. And I was like, oh, okay. Sacrifice someone for the Soul Stone. Uh, Star-Lord looks pissed. So Gamora's dead. Because he's said only on his very few lines in, the, in all these movies of Thanos is that he only loved one person. Because he said he has a favorite daughter, Gamora. And they showed in this uh, particular movie his love for her. Even in some of the trailers just him with little gamora a little one as we'd hear in the movie like she's dead and i explain how i thought loki was dead because you only see him in the beginning scene and it seems like he's surrounded by the black order and it doesn't look like it's going to end pretty because it's not like hey we're hanging out with loki no it's like don't move or we're going to kill you type of thing and i explained that to ethan page and he's like wow that's great and then after he watched it he was like i think you just read spoilers and you told them to me, sold them, like, no, dude, they're like, they weren't spoilers, like, this is me doing my homework, and I walked out of that movie so satisfied, maybe because, like, Thanos is one of my favorite characters in all Marvel and in the MCU, and true story, uh, me and my girlfriend went on a double date with some friends of mine, went out to eat beforehand, there was a nice movie theater right next to it that we had bought tickets for the day they came out, and they were IMAX 3D. We left there. And me and my girlfriend went to another movie theater, the one closest to our home, and I went and seen it again the same night. 
Jesus. Yeah, I. Well, Did you? How'd uh, you hold your poop that long? That's long ass. Like um, six hours, man. <laughs> well, no, there there was a moment because it was it's close to our uh, our apartment. I should say, uh, it's probably. Oh, okay. It's like maybe a fifteen minute drive. Not even that. It's I think miles wise, it's a good five minutes. I mean five miles. So we actually ran home real quick, did what I had to do, turn around, then went right back to the movie theater. So yeah, it, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I feel like at this point, that's the only thing I can say. There were so many great lines, and I still think my favorite one is it's 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 this it's so overlooked. It's when they're in the Milano with Thor and you know Peter Quill's talking about oh I'm gonna you know I'm gonna commit to it I'm gonna get a bow flex I'm gonna get some dumbbells you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and then you hear Rocket just really quickly go you know you can't eat dumbbells right and then they, they just continue I'm like that little joke is one of my favorite lines and also I'll do you one better why is Gamora I so when uh when I saw it there like I had an I the like in seat which was nice because we have like recliners at ours yeah and uh this like dad showed up with his uh his kids and they were sitting next to me and he started to talk to me because i think he was like uh, trying to figure out if he was sitting next to a weirdo or not (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah i was like uh so we're sitting there and in the movie when peter dinklage shows up his kid who's probably like 12 he just goes dad is that miles finch which is his character from Elf when, <laughs> when he was like the, the guy that wrote the kids book. And it fucking broke me. It was the funniest goddamn thing to me. Cause every, you know, he's not going to be watching game of Thrones. He's like a kid. Yeah. So the one thing that he can pull that away from me is like, that's the guy from Elf thought that was the funniest shit. And that's what stuck with me most from the movie for <laughs> the moment outside of the movie. But yeah, I, it, first of all, it was the first actually good Avengers movie because I thought Age of Ultron was real bad. And then the first Avengers movie is way too Joss Whedon-y for my taste, even as a hardcore Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. So uh, it's also like it did a lot with character interactions that I don't know if a lot of people expected, like because Doctor Strange and Iron Man, their origins were essentially the same where they're just kind of pricks that are really smart and Doctor Strange evolved as a character and Tony didn't to where the only time he ever has any sort of actions if it is directly affects him which I don't think a lot of people think about but every time he does anything in a Marvel movie it's like with Civil War he decided to change everything because someone came up to him and made him feel bad about it so now yeah I directly affected something and it affected me. So now we all have to register Mm. for Ultron. He was like, I have to create this because of of what I've seen and what I've gone through. And that's what makes the Spider-Man stuff so sad is because he's been a dick to Spider-Man the whole time, but kind of holds him, you know, at arm's length. Like, yeah, I, I feel bad because this kid cares about me, but also it's still, you know, all about Tony. And then at the end of that movie, because Peter Parker hasn't had that uh, father figure for so long, and every time he does, he loses him, and he's grabbing for Tony because he's dying, and he just wants that character to be there. And it makes it a thousand times sadder to me because, like, I don't know that Tony Stark really has that that place to completely care for someone like that. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like this poor kid died in his arms that wanted Tony to care about him, and it's like he does at a surface level, and that's it. And then also 
because of everything that's come from Tony being a superhero, that's how we're here now. I, I, I can see that. I think one of the biggest things we're going to see coming out of this movie is this will be the first time Tony or the Avengers as a whole have lost. And I, I th- I'm hoping to see a, a changed Tony Stark to where he, a of like, Hey, we just, we just got our asses handed to us. And also just kind of like less funny, like, okay, no, no more jokes. Like I'm down to business. We need to figure this shit out. And I think that's what a lot of this year is going to be uh, filled with when it comes to fans of what's, what's going to happen with everybody. A lot of speculation. There's a part of me that says they shouldn't release a trailer. Like their trailer should just be, Hey, go buy infinity war on Blu-ray. That's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, when you talked about trailer analysis and stuff like that, I avoided most of the infinity war trailers. Like I didn't like, I saw them, but I didn't really pay much attention. And then ends up they're throwing stuff in there to throw everybody off anyways, with like the Hulk especially that just was not actually in the movie because they, they showed the Hulk running through Wakanda yeah. in a trailer and that's just that doesn't happen. So Yeah, that was one of the iconic I, scenes uh, and I think that's something that they're trying to do. They're going they're going to give you scenes you're not gonna see. So if they throw something in there that is going to be in the movie, you now have to ask yourself, is that gonna happen? Like there was a one of the final trailers that was released more of a tv spot is if you watch it on almost every social media and on tv you don't see the full image and that's thanos coming through one of those portals clearly coming into wakanda but there's a square version of it on instagram and that is the only one where you can see all the infinity stones and oh guess what there's four you can't see the time stone so you know okay there's four so he's gotten this this and this before he went to wakanda so it's kind of like, okay, does yeah. he, he might have the time stone, but he definitely has the power, reality, uh, space, and soul stone. So he's going to walk into Wakanda about to grab the two on Earth, or he's going to already have the one of the time stone, and he's going to end it with the mind stone. So that was kind of one of my thinking. All like, okay, I know with the whole Thor thing with Ragnarok, where they don't let you know in the trailer that, oh yeah, he's not going to have an eye at the end of the movie. They purposely made sure the whole trailer he had two eyes. So when they show it in the, in the actual movie, okay, that makes sense why they didn't show me. So it was, okay, are they going to do the same thing with Infinity War? Is there things that they're going to have that aren't going to happen and vice versa? So, yeah, I, I've, I've thought, okay, he walked into Wakanda with four stones. That's just to throw everybody off. But it turns out actually was right. Yeah. So, and it, yeah, it just kind of makes it where, like, what can you trust that they're putting out to you from this point forward? So... But yeah, I'm very excited to see what comes next. And I mean, the next movies after that are Guardians and Spider-Man, so the, uh, they'll they'll correct something. They'll fix some stuff up for everybody and send people home happy. But well, I, I think pretty much everybody's yeah. coming back except for people that weren't killed by the snap of their finger or Thanos' finger. And I think Gamora is going to be a big person to end in uh, uh, F- Avengers 4. Everybody else, I think, is well, dead. Somebody... Was it on that All You Can Hear podcast where they're bringing up, or was it somewhere else where, like, Gamora, they think, is actually in the stone? Yeah, I don't think it was. Uh, it might have been them, but I know that that's my theory. And actually, I think since they recorded, because I know I, I try not to correct a lot of the shit that they said, because stuff has come out since then where they've said okay. um, a lot of the Thor Ragnarok characters that you didn't see actually made it off the ship because it wasn't everybody died. It was, it was half of the... 
Asgardians died. So a lot of the people yeah, you didn't see. Yeah. The only one that supposedly uh, Valkyrie has been confirmed, but Korg has not been confirmed where they're like, oh, well, we're not going to really talk about it right now. So it's a big question of what we're going to see in Avengers 4. And there was the fact of the, I think the soul stone theory of the, you know, pocket dimension that has been, I believe, confirmed that okay. that's where she is. Oh yeah. That'll, that'll be interesting. I'm sure also at this point with all these actors like being ready to move on a lot of like, I don't think Iron Man and Cap actually make it out of the next one, whether they have to like trade themselves for someone else to come back or something. I don't know. Cause the, the only one I know that's been open to doing more movies is uh, Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think what and we'll then, see is my theory is it'll be Iron Man who somehow gets to wield the gauntlet and he's going to have to make a sacrifice on somebody and Cap's going to step up. And I think I see that. you're going to see the love between them. So you'll see actual, obviously Captain America will be filled probably by Falcon. And I think they're going to do a thing where Iron Man just going to kind of ride off in the sunset where he's going to get married to Pepper and there's going to be a kid on the way. Yeah. And they'll probably have him make cameos where he's just rich and eager. Yeah. Cause you know, people love money. But yeah, now that we've brought everyone down with the Spider-Man death talk. Hey, I got a question. Yeah. False. Uh, Justin, were you a uh, a wrestling toy collector as a kid? Do you have a lot of wrestling toys? I had my fair share. Like, I wasn't crazy about them. I had a, a decent collection of Hasbros, most of which was given to me as like a hand-me-down from a friend of the family, which I wish I still had all those figures. Uh, I had the toy intercontinental championship that you could buy through wwe at the time i had my other big one that i i, I looked on ebay just recently because i'm like i want to buy you but you are going to be so expensive and that's the original toy winged eagle which was like this plastic piece with a sticker of the faceplate, and then the rest was just like this really probably pleatherly cheap leather strap that went from side to side mm-hmm. and i think i i had a couple i had at least two of those as a kid but i think to find a one now would be just so expensive but those are that's kind of like those, my extents of wrestling figures and collection those old like toy belts are like really sought after <laughs> right now for some reason it's crazy because like i found a lot of them i think in a facebook group maybe it was instagram i can't remember and it was like it was probably like seven belts, but it was a it was like over a hundred dollars, and I was like, "Nah, fam, I'm not. There's no way." But my question was, and this Chris can actually go for you too, because I have my my answer just fucking lock stock. What was the coolest toy you had that wasn't wrestling? <laughs> I was actually just about to say I had my two favorite toys growing up. Like if I could go back right now, one is wrestling, the other one's non wrestling. One is the foam Intercontinental Championship. I love that thing to death. And then the only thing that I love just as much, and it's going to be very ironic, is the Talkboy tape recorder. Nice. That's tattooed on my left leg. Man, I don't... I had it all, brother. So I don't (laughs) know. Damn. I'll go. Fucking crash test dummies. (laughs) Those toys were fun. Uh, Damn, I don't know about, like... I'll do, like, a top... Or Mortal Kombat toys. The, the, like, G.I. Joe figures. Yeah. I... I have, like, favorite specific action figures. I'm trying to, like, think of what it was that I enjoyed. Like, I had this cool toy that it was, like, a Swamp Thing playset where it was supposed to be, like, his base. And it had, like, a foam thing that was supposed to be moss. 
that you could push them up through. I loved that thing. Uh, I had the castle from the Gargoyles cartoon that I thought was sick. Uh, the, The best thing I might have had two of them they were micro machines if you remember micro machines oh, yeah. yeah i had the van that opened up into the city uh-huh. to play with the mask and then i had the micro machine millennium falcon that like flipped open and you could store ships and stuff inside but it had like the cockpit and all the figures and stuff so you could play in that and i i used the hell out of that thing but i just i was spoiled rotten so i had a lot of really ridiculous stuff that if I probably pulled it out and tried to sell it, I'd make a lot of money off of, but I never will. Brittany, aside from your Jeff Hardy action figure, (laughs) what was your favorite toy that you had growing up? My favorite toy? Yeah. It was a Catwoman toy. Catwoman toy? Yeah. Was it the one from the movie where it came with the whip and her arm was like, yes. Yeah. That's a sick Batman the Animated Series toys. My my brother was more of the the Batman toy kid. I wish I had gotten into them more because they had some good ones. Yeah. When they did Batman Beyond, they had this sick Mr. Freeze figure where you could take his head off and put it on this robot spider thing. That that toy was cool. I had way too many toys, so I think some of my other favorites that I could think of off the top of my head that just I wish I still had today: the Dragon Dagger, the Power Rangers. I I wish I had the Legacy one because that even looks even more badass. Um, Not that brother. (laughs) Uh. I wish I had a lot of my Ninja Turtles and Ghostbuster stuff. Probably even some of my Power Ranger stuff, too. I think in between that and uh, what would come to Power Ranger, the Dragon Dagger. But I know I had the Megazord, uh, Dragon Zord, uh, all all that shit. Didn't have, like, all the figures, but I had at least the main stuff. And I had the, the set to put all the weapons together. The, mm. Like, it's it was such a cheap place. And I, that's something I wish they would redo. Like, we're going to come up with... Because yeah. I think they have legacy weapons. I'm like, okay, give me legacy weapons, but make it to where I can create the... Uh, put them all together shit. I thought that would be amazing. Yeah. So, the, that set was bullshit because the power sword was so small. Oh, yes. It was basic. It was like smaller than the dragon dagger, and it was like foam. But I actually did buy a legacy power sword just because of my bitterness of the small ass <laughs> toy sword. Because I would buy plastic toy. I loved swords and like for like playing outside, swinging toy swords around. And like every other thing that they ever did, the sword was proportionate, but not for that. And I never understood it. It pissed me off my entire life. So. <laughs> I was just Holding like, that grudge. I, I hold, I do when they do dumb stuff like that. I'm like, what's your problem? Like they never made a regular sized original buddy figure. They did the Lord Zed one where you hit their stomach and the legs exploded off when you hit the Z, but they didn't have just the regular one. And it bothered me because I didn't have a putty for them to fight. So that sword, I bought the power sword. I like put it on layaway at Toys R Us and made payments. RIP. Totally worth it. Now I just got to build a weapons rack to hold my Power Rangers weapons <laughs> on. The, the sword was fucked up, and then Billy's weapon, I forget exactly what that was supposed to be called, they didn't connect together like his yeah, that his did. Because Yeah, got... they, they didn't. You couldn't put them together. The The power axe was pretty cool, though. Hell yeah. And I kind of like Trini's <laughs> size. They were they were pretty cool for what they were. Yeah. The uh, I think the best toy weapon set from Power Rangers it was like the last one that I got 
was based. What the hell was that? That was a motorcycle, then police sirens, then the motorcycle going faster. <laughs> okay, so we got a chase, brother. Uh, but yeah, the, Long life PD. The, the Space Ranger weapons were awesome, except they didn't come with the drill sword, which if anyone watched Power Rangers in space, the Red Ranger had a sword that was just a fucking drill, and it was sick. I, I checked out on Power Rangers after the first movie, or shortly after the first Man, movie. I think, I think it was because I became more of a Nickelodeon kid, and they had started having Nick in the Afternoon with Stick Stickly. And I'm like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's coming on the same time as Power Rangers. I guess I'm watching Stick Stickly, then screw it. I, I somehow watched it all. <laughs> I don't understand it. Sometimes I think life is a simulation because I don't understand how I would have had time to do all of that. But I, I, I touched on it all. I watched everything. I remember coming home from school and having a TV and cable in my like I got surprised by having a TV and cable in my room and Toonami being on. I know fuck all about Toonami, but I was just like, this is so cool, mostly because I can watch whatever I want in my room. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even remember what was on Toonami at that time. Probably, I mean, it was probably Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and maybe probably before Warriors. Dragon Ball Z, Gundam maybe. Gundam they didn't show till after. It probably was Ronin Warriors. Like it was I. What else did they show? Somebody used to show Speed Racer. I don't know who the Cartoon Network. Car- Super late at night. Cartoon Network. When we got that channel, my mom showed it to me and was like, "Don't watch this all day. Like somebody <laughs> else will want to use the TV." Yeah, that didn't work out. I was watching Thunder the Barbarian or whatever. Did you guys ever watch the Speed Racer movie? Yeah. I have never done drugs, but I assume watching that movie is like what acid is like. I actually liked that. I loved the movie, yeah. but it was so trippy. Yeah, a lot of colors. Like, if I ever did acid, I'd probably watch Speed Racer. Oh, God. I know a kid that did acid and went to go see the uh, Grindhouse, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Planet Ooh. Terror, and Death Proof. I was like, what the fuck is that guy's problem? <laughs> no respect for life. Yeah. For himself. But Stick Stickly ruled. <laughs> <laughs> go back to that. I love Stick Stickly. Before we go, because it's getting kind of late, the thing that I want to throw out, because it's it's something common in your podcast, I've touched on it a little bit, but it's it's going to be fun to get both sides of the story. You guys love Wawa. Yes. I'm yes. not going to say that I love Sheets, because I feel like there's, I mean, there's no, there's no Wawa here, so I can't really say which is better. So I'm kind of obligated to Sheets, but... The thing that I throw out there is I'm always I love the you know the third party candidate type stuff. What we have up here is get go, and uh, there's a local supermarket chain called Giant Eagle. They're out of Pittsburgh, so it bleeds into Northeast Ohio, and it goes I think it goes as far as down as Columbus. But their their version of a gas station similar to those two is called Get Go, and they may have a, a made to order type thing too. And myself, Dominic Greeny, Joshua Bishop, just three. Off the top of my head, I mean, that's concluding me, but we are all Team Get-Go. Like, you can say Sheets, you could say Wawa, we're like, nah, give me Get-Go. And I think the thing that I love about them, because I'm breeding them on their food, and they're, they always have a really good special sandwich that you're not going to find all year round. Like, my absolute favorite is called the Pilgrim, and it comes out in October and November. It's a turkey sandwich on stuffing bread with mashed potatoes, I believe gravy and cranberry sauce. It's pretty fucking badass. Wawa does something like that, but the bread's not stuffing. I think it's called, what is it? might be called the gobbler. I think so. Uh, my brother ate one. I didn't get it, but it smelled good. We don't, 
we don't have anything like that. I think the best thing we have is probably <laughs> Thornton's. You know what we have? We have Dodgers chicken. That's true. <laughs> Dodgers chicken is goddamn true. Yeah. So uh, as far as like third party, good luck finding that because <laughs> that's very, very sparse. Not where I'm from. Brittany doesn't even know. <laughs> no, I'm no, oh, no. We, <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. We, and there's that, one in Murfreesboro. That motherfucker is thumping on New Year's <laughs> Eve, brother, because people just fucking park their cars and party. Uh, Dodges. Dodges is a little, little sketch. Dodges is a gas from. station, right? Yeah. There's one in Murfreesboro, and every time I'd hit a, a show at Murfreesboro, I'd usually hit Dodges Chicken, or my friend and I got shit house one night and just decided to walk around Murfreesboro, decided we were hungry, popped into Dodges Chicken. You best believe I got a box of chicken. Dude, their chicken is good, but their fucking pizza snacks are next level. Don't they have JoJo's? This is a Dodges that has JoJo's? I don't, I don't know. Pretty sure it's Dodge. My joke. I don't know. The, like potato wedges or whatever, or the hash brown. I don't. I've never gotten. Uh, all I ever got was I've had chicken and then the biscuits and then which we have a gas station called Papa Rocks that has the was it crispy crunchy. That chicken's pretty good too. Was it on the way to AIW? You stopped at that random gas station. Yeah, we we took a gamble on some fucking gas station breakfast, and it was, it was, <laughs> it was like 10 out of 10. and it didn't make us sick or anything. I don't know what that place was, but Heaven. God bless them. But yeah, Dodges would be the one around here. It's just a little dangerous to go to the Dodges in Clarksville after certain hours of the day. Well, that's the one in Murfreesboro too. And yeah. That's the only one I know of. Yeah, like Murfreesboro. You gotta go like during the like sun's still out. Everybody's friendly. Apparently, get go caters. Damn, get go caters. Damn, I, I'll, we'll we'll make a trip and go check that place out. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, I was like, we always we always find Tim Hortons on the way up, so we always usually stop because my tired ass eats coffee all the time. Oh yeah, just does pizza now too, and I haven't tried it. I would try that. I would want chicken tenders on my pizza though. Whew. Man, I got no choice. Who got Hungry Howie's the other day? Cool, Hungry Howie's. And I, I ate one, for, ate a slice for breakfast. If I, was, I wish there was a Hungry Howie's in the area. There is a Franklin. Ooh, man, brother. Seriously? Yeah, I'm about to go there. I didn't know there was one within like. I once conned a girl that I worked with into ordering pizza for my whole side of the call center, and everyone said they would pay her, but nobody paid her, and she got us hungry howies, and it was the best day of my life. And then the next day, I was like, "Did anybody pay?" And she was like, "No." And I was like, "Oh, well, actually, I have cash." She's like, "It's okay, Holly." And I was like, "I know the Lord's work." I know what Tara and I are eating after the Making Town class. Hungry howies, hungry ass howies. Yeah, there's if, a if you find a hungry. I was gonna say there's a hungry howies. Uh, not too far from me in a college town. And they're really smart because on Fridays and Saturday nights, they're open till like three or four in the morning. Legit. Cookout here. Um, I wish I'd have more cookout. I've only had them like twice, I want to say. Man, cookout. Cookout is the Lord's meal. Uh, Fun Hungry Howie story. First time I had Hungry Howie's was when I was on tour. And uh, we stopped in Alabama. Yeah, we were in Alabama. What was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was Alabama. We were hanging out with some guys that we knew that played in some other bands and, like, did merch for other bands. And uh, we were like, well, you know, we stayed the night at this dude's house, and we were like, well, where are we going to eat? So this dude was like, we'll go to Hungry Howie's. I used to work there. I'm tight with everyone. So we go to Hungry Howie's, and turns out this guy that we know doesn't know anybody that works there. (laughs) He just walks in the kitchen, and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, it's cool. I used to work here. He just makes us all pizza, brings it up for five bucks a piece, and then we just dip out. Oh my god! It was the best. Wow! That's where I learned that if you just act like you know what you're doing, no one's gonna fuck with you. That's true. It's true. <laughs> it's, that's like dead ass true. Because I knew I 
a friend of mine's brother, he would show up to shows at Rocket Town and just walk in the back door when people were bringing in stuff and act like he was doing something. And like he he would take his keys and clip it to his his belt loop to make it look like he was like, yeah. So like he was actually doing shit, and he was just walking to shows for free. Yeah. He, it's all about it's all about confidence in life. You can fucking fake everything if you're just confident about it, and get into any situation you want to be in. Going 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 back to the sheets and Wawa thing, there are three things that I do love about Wawa from what I've experienced. Number one on my list: barbecue cheesesteak. <laughs> And I first tried that in Philly after going to one of the signature uh, places. I can't remember what its name off the top of my head. The one by the ECW Arena. And had that the next day. And I was like, oh, I really love this. So that was number one on my list. Number two that everybody loves, especially from this area, if you've had Wawa, the number one thing you talk about is the cookies and cream milk. The thing that's pissed me off that I've walked into different Wawa's that didn't have them. And there was one, the one I went to in Orlando, didn't even have like sheets type, not sheets. They of course didn't have sheets. They didn't have Wawa style milk at all. I was like, oh, this is bullshit. But the third thing that I like is one of my favorite things from actually sheets is their macaroni and cheese. And the fact that when I went into Wawa and I went to order the same thing, because I figure, okay, if I like something from one, let me try the competitor. So I was like, okay, this is what I get normally for the macaroni and cheese. And I was like, oh, what size do you want? I'm like, what? what? It's sheets. It's just one size. And I actually had the option of getting a large. I was like, oh, because I was really hungry. I think this might have been after a ring of honor. I was like, yeah, give me a fucking large. So I enjoyed the shit out of that. So the fact that I could get a bigger size at Wawa was a plus. But I feel like it's hard for me to say Wawa is better. Because my experience at Sheets is just way better. And also, because I know you guys have had a bad experience at Sheets. And this is something that me and Dom talked about at the last show. Is like, my, the closest Sheets to me, which is right down the road, I kind of consider it a shitty Sheets. They don't have as much variety as other ones. But I can go a little bit farther down the highway, hit the next Sheets, and that one's one of the better ones. And it's just, I think it's a night and day difference. So the bad experience you guys have had, ha- I'm thinking it had to be at a shitty Sheets. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in Delaware or New Jersey, so that makes sense. Bro, I'm gonna Delaware was a lot of fun, so I'm gonna call it New Jersey. No, it was Virginia. Jersey's north, never mind. So it was it was either it was Delaware. It was we had just left turned into Okay, death. yeah. We weren't we weren't far. That's enough. my only yeah. knock at the state of Delaware. Delaware was sick. Um also one of the gre- the greatest things about Wawa, aside from their coffee, is the sweet tea. Raspberry sweet tea is fucking fire. Those soft pretzels are fire. delicious too. Whew. I love Wawa. I love that wall. And the fucking crab chips. Yeah. Old Bay chips. God bless them. Man, I need to hit the fucking coast. Yeah. <laughs> They'll find you one. I'm still trying to move to Delaware. All right. No beach. Wawa. There's actually one other topic I do want to throw out just because I want to talk Kane for just one brief second. And Brother, we'll talk Kane. Uh, what was the best Kane theme music? There's only one right now. Oh, answer. the original. I think that's the second, uh, second best. Dead ass, like the original Kane entrance music is my favorite Kane entrance music. To me, it's uh, maybe it doesn't count. It's the unreleased typo negative version. I'm I'm pissed that they picked the Finger Eleven version over typo negative because it it sounds more Kane than anything. I think it sounds mo- more like Kane than the original. And the original is like almost perfect, if not perfect. And this one goes above and beyond that. I don't know, have you have you heard that one? I have. I remember hearing it a couple of years ago when it like I guess I don't know if it was the first time we hit the internet or if it was just like it was an, randomly it, recirculated. 
Yeah, it just it recirculated. Um, but I remember hearing it. I can't remember what it sounds like off the top of my head, but I remember thinking like, yeah, I can see this. And I've always liked Typo Negative more than I like Finger Eleven because Finger Eleven is a shit butt rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like I get Kane's original entrance music stuck in my head a lot. <laughs> so I think that's why I go with that as like my go-to favorite one. I mean, I, I I can't knock it. The the original is hands down one of my favorites too, just regular theme wise. But like I said, with typo negative, uh, even hearing the story about them, about the, that whole situation, it, it's kind of heartbreaking because I guess Peter Steele is a what or was a wrestling fan, and they he got asked by WWE Jib Johnson whatever it was like, hey, you know, we're trying to have someone come up with a cover for Kane's theme. Do you guys mind doing it? We we want you to do a non-vocal version. So, you know, the vocalist of the band is like, all right, you know, he stepped back. I think he might have did the throat singing at the beginning, but that was pretty much it. So then they probably asked different bands too. So here comes Finger Eleven. They pick them and there's lyrics in it. I guess that that really hurt. That hurt Peter Steele. Like, oh, you don't want us to do vocals. I say, okay, and you give it to these fuckers. And, oh, they have vocals. And they use it as, like, one of their songs, too. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, an exclusive or anything. It was, like, straight up just a Finger Eleven song. And any Finger Eleven song is a bad Finger Eleven song. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. I'm not going to speak for Chris. He may be a secret no, Finger Eleven fan. That's okay if you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I did. I did like the uh, the CFO rework of the Kane music though recently, where I was like, they changed it. But yeah, original Kane. Although aesthetically, my favorite Kane is Tank Top Kane from 2001, where he was probably <laughs> gassed to the gills. Oh yeah, just fucking huge, and he did a hurricane run at a big show. <laughs> oh, I love when big people do hurricane runs. It's wonderful. Things that don't make sense. All right, let's uh, wrap this show up, and you know. Let's wrap this conversation up. We've been on online talking for a good three hours. So ending part one and two, any final thoughts or last minute plugs from you guys? I just want to say it's been a lot of fun. We've gotten to cover a vast array of different topics, uh, mostly food, which is something I'm good at. And Um, interstates. And interstates, (laughs) which is something we've all seen a lot of. Uh, I I just think it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we We don't get to do these crossovers you know, a lot. Um, but they're always really fun when we get to do it. And this has been, I feel like a really good fit for all of us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been really easy. Yeah. What we look for in interviews or not even interviews, just conversations. So it's kept my attention, which is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Cause Jesse's been hitting the head a lot. But yeah, we really appreciate it. As far as plugs, uh, at, I don't do this. I just panic. <laughs> I was, I was going to let you go. Dude, I was like, oh, I was impressed. I was like, oh my God, he's going to actually do the plugs. It's crazy. We're at KOAT Podcast, right? Nailed it. Oh my God, I got it. On what? Uh, Twitter and Instagram. Nailed it. Uh, you can buy our stuff at What a Maneuver, at WA Maneuver on Twitter. Wham, wham fam. Wham fam. Wham fam. Wham fam. Uh, other than that, also, uh, there's a wrestling promotion around here at underscore graps that you can follow uh two recently to the last two shows were put on powerbomb tv so if you have that go watch it if you don't there's all sorts of promo codes that you can use to get it you can use code absolute or sub graps either way i know this is an ohio bank Co- podcast so co-branded and yeah we use a lot of ohio yeah. guys so yeah yeah so either way you want to go with that uh, yeah. Other than that, I think that's everything. Yeah. So. You can follow Bonner and Brittany on Twitter at <laughs> Farm Chick 
420 and a half. 420 and a half. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that will not be. That will not be Brittany. That will not absolutely not be Brittany. <laughs> you got to be careful with wrestling stuff on Twitter. People will get you in fucking molten lava. Yeah, no shit. But yeah, and on Facebook groups. Huh? I said and on Facebook groups. Oh God, <laughs> Facebook groups. We're not even. We're not even going to talk about some fucking cult. It's already been too long. <laughs> I'm just. I'm really sad. I forgot to roast those. Just. Just know, everyone, that even though at one point there was bad blood between these two podcasts for a misunderstanding, we now come together in the hate of other things. Fucking cold cave, I'm calling you out, bro. L- legit, I did. I, I did send a message to Jesse after all that shit went down. I was like, man, I thought our shit was bad. <laughs> like, like this looks so tame, like compared to our shit. Man, like, and it all started over me like posting a flyer and then like realizing that I was banned from posting, and I was like, this is dumb. And I like, I didn't even think about it, anything when I tagged him. I didn't think anybody would give a shit because they have like so many members. And then like it just started exploding, and I was like. I'm pretty sure this is the guy that tried to do some dumb shit. Lo and behold, it was. So I was like, hey, fam, if you're going to come at the king, you better come correct. I'm coming for your head. And then I got blocked from uh, both of his Facebook accounts. So call that a victory. No. Yeah. Bunch of weirdos. And Also, uh, Eddie Kingston is the best wrestler on the planet right now. The best wrestler right now. Ooh. I'm, I'm, letting, I'm letting you settle in those words. But since I don't want to have to record an outro later, I'm just going to end the show how I normally do. And you can, of course, find myself at HeavySet330 on all your social media. And, of course, you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers. Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers. And Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose to desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. We got the What a Maneuver store. Just like Kick Out a Tube. Pale. Go on there, buy our shirt, buy their shirt, support both of the shows, and we'll love you forever. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, and PodbeanRestingChairs.Podbean.com. Don't leave anybody a one-star review like um, <clears throat> I did uh, kick out a two before. Anyway, uh, moving on, we have ev- all the shows on the Trending Topics Network, which I did change that. I changed it back to a f- f- uh, five-star, so we're all good. I just want to jokingly throw that in there but anyway we have all, all the other shows on the trending topics network such as all beer inside what's on fight legends on siren radio old school at the movies and chill and the 450 podcast and check out all our podcast friends such as the chris clem Cavs cast let the hate flow through you with jeremy Shear and el hordano diablo pod van dam the road home from wrestling thrift store jobber rebel life media neo sports insiders and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And we'll see y'all. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And there's only five you came You're the way of blessing, rose are all the same You're the way of blessing, rose are all the same
And we're back I'm gonna here. Record. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany blew it. I was just going to say I was going to record on my slide, too. All right. Take two. <laughs>